Blog Talk Radio. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to the first show of 2016. Joining me on this festive occasion is, of course, Marky. Say hey, Marky. Hey, hey. And our good friend Johnny Heck. He's back. Hey. <laughs> All right, everybody. So it's 2016. We've been away for like over a month now. Yeah. Well, lots, lots of stuff has happened. Oh my God. We World's had different. a Christmas. We had a New Year's. We had a new Star Wars movie. We had a Star Wars. Safe Wait to say, everyone here. Wait, in the booth. A new Star Wars heard. movie came out? Mm-hmm. Oh, Johnny. Johnny Hex, always a little late. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, well, by, by the way, um, if you haven't seen it by now, turn this turn this off because, I mean, we cannot be guarded with the spoilers at this point no. on this particular show. So you are warned. The moratorium is it's over. over. Now, yes. you don't you, drive you around. Might, you might just get random spoilers from all sorts of things. I find that... So I think in general, yeah, come into the show with a certain sense of spoilerishness. Spoiler alert is yeah. a middle name. I mean, we pride ourselves in being late with all these news and announcements. So, shame on you. All right, spoiled. let's just rip this mandate off. Luke is an old man. Yeah. There yeah. it is. All right. There you go, everybody. Sorry. I just saved you <laughs> two hours and eight minutes. <laughs> and Leia still looks great. Can we all agree? That's, well, I mean, the internet has split opinion. I know, but I, I think she looks great. No problem. She's there, like 65 yeah. or yeah. 80. I have no idea. It doesn't matter. That's yeah. great. And she hasn't gone a uh, easy road either. I mean, considering uh, you know Carrie Fisher's track record, especially she looks fantastic. I think yeah. she's fantastic. I mean, but I mean, it's Princess yeah. Leia. Come on, I she's royalty. She's American royalty. Goddamn it! That's actually a quote. Fantastic. That's a quote from the film. He goes. That's Max von Snow or Shadow. What's his mm-hmm. name? Max von Sydow. Sydow. He goes to me. She's royalty. Mm-hmm. Boom! Throws yeah. it down. There you like, go. The first two minutes of the movie. There you go. That's and awesome. that's it. We just spoiled two minutes into the movie. Yes. For those of right. you at home keeping score, <laughs> there's the first spoil. Max von Sydow calls her royalty, uh, and we could easily spend. Two days talking about Star Wars. And we will. I don't want to get into that. We'll do that at another time. And we have what offline with say? each other. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And the whole world has. And yes. it's 
I think it's still worth talking about. Let's do a whole show about that soon. What do you I guys know, think? I know. I'm, I'm dying to share my theory. With I you am guys. down. Yeah. So we can stop texting each other <laughs> and talking to each other about it. We can actually I do a show. I think I got it figured out. I really do. I'm I'm holding firm. I'm I think that's firm. what they call a tease. Uh, yeah. So call we're gonna, tease. yeah. That's a tease. So you're going to have to tune back in here sometime in the future yep. and find out. Yep. What crazy old man Marquis theory <laughs> is. Uh, but that that's not all that has happened. Uh, Academy Award nominations. Golden are Globes out. happened. Golden Globes yeah. have happened. Uh, Another Tarantino film. Ooh, there's been the eighth Tarantino movie. Yep, that's a big one. That was great. Eight. That you was and awesome. I saw it together. Yeah, we did. 70 we millimeter. Did. And I still and I'm going to tell you what I told you in the theater. Yeah. Marky, take your hand off my leg. <laughs> that was the popcorn <laughs> trick. You'll, you'll all play one day. I don't yeah. know. He showed you the hateful one. <laughs> <laughs> the hateful one eye. Oh, but unfortunately, unfortunately, it's not all fun and games and entertainment as uh, as we record this. This is just hours after we learned yeah. the news. Hans Gruber has Hans finally Gruber. fallen off of the big Nakatomi Plaza in the sky. Yeah. Lost his battle to cancer at 69 as... Uh, David, David Bowie, Bowie a few days earlier, just a few days yeah. uh, before now, did the same thing. Two great icons, uh, and you could say David Bowie was more famous, more sure, of course, had more impact whatever. on more lives. But to me, Alan Rickman yeah. really is a loss. Absolutely, and this guy, I mean, Die Hard, and, and I mentioned earlier, you know, before the show, created this huge, big budget action movie genre. I mean, Die Hard started it, and Hans Gruber was the ultimate yeah. bad guy. Oh. I mean, he was just awesome and ate that role. And for a guy that started acting in his 40s to yeah. come out, and one of his first iconic roles is, like, the best bad guy. The bad guy you you You, you basically compare. try to draw up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hans Gruber is the guy. Right. They, they, in a sequel, they brought on Academy Award winner, Jeremy Irons <laughs> to be his to br- play his brother, <laughs> brother and yeah. he didn't do as nearly as good a I job know, I know. as Alan Rickman did with essentially the same character. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that's right. just because the pressure was on for that role. He just wasn't as good. He, I, I was totally no Gruber. I was no. totally thinking about <laughs> Alan and like this guy could have played any British role, you know, like any British accented role, <laughs> any, anything that's somewhat reserved. <laughs> Lawrence Arabia, James right. Bond, yeah. you know, like I can't see him in like uh, Alicia Silverstone's role in Clueless. Or no, anything. right, He's exactly. I'm gonna, <laughs> any male British oh accented God. role. I love Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't see him doing that. Like, but I think that he could have done anything. You know, he could have been. He he's that talented. He's that, and so just coincidentally. He's been on my mind. Uh, I went home for the holidays, back to Albuquerque, and I went just after Christmas, but I celebrated my Christmas at home for the first time in many years, and I tapped into a DVD collection that was there. Yeah. Okay? My mom and I are watching movies right after Christmas. It might as well have been Christmas, okay? And we watch in the same day Die Hard and Love Actually. Of course. Hmm. Uh, it's a natural <laughs> double bill. Christmas movies. Yeah. <laughs> and both of them are with Alan Rickman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they they couldn't be more different, you know, renditions of Alan Rickman. Right. Yeah. Hans Gruber and whatever the guy, whoever the sad sap was in yeah. Love Actually. And what's 
what's great about his performances is that you forget, obviously forget that it's Alan Rickman, right? You forget like, his yeah. previous roles. It didn't make it didn't connect to me that I just saw two movies with Alan Rickman in it. No, yeah. Didn't even cross my mind until you know he passed away. I was like, I just yeah. watched two movies of him. Yeah, you yeah. watched two Arnold Schwarzenegger movies in the same you know. day. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just watched two Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> yeah. movies. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and it was different. And we mourn his passing. Uh, also, I just want to mention Galaxy Quest. Oh, okay. any oh, yeah. chance you get to mention that movie anyway is great. Yep. Uh, and he was such an addition to it. Anyway, uh, to you, Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Now I have. A machine gun. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I tried it. I too soon? Yes. No. Fucking, that's the Not line, funny. dude. No. That's the it's line. It's still pretty funny. No, oh. no. He would have uh, He would have totally approved <laughs> of that. Uh, oh, man. Just this, this anyway, is a big loss. Big loss. Anyway, already big here, loss. In the, here, in the, uh, here in the year, we have plenty to be excited about. Plenty to mourn. Yes. Uh, passing of the torch. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but we're we're here with our first show. Well, let's kick it off because this is kind of an interesting one in that I've got you two here to talk about mm-hmm. the subject, whereas I don't know anything about it. So basically, the two of you are going to have to pitch this to me, and we are talking about the CW's Flash and Arrow, and uh, I guess that also includes Supergirl, the whole DC TV yeah. universe, yeah. which I understand is a big thing. Yeah, I think Tell it's me, a big thing. What the hell? Why, why should I be watching the CW? Isn't that just the WB? <laughs> <laughs> and here's a show you probably won't see only on the WB. Well, born out of Gilmore Girls, we have now. <laughs> yeah, you know, the DC TV universe has, they came out with Arrow um, a few years ago, and it's just gained traction. I mean, yeah. I think DC saw Marvel. The Marvel kind of kicking their ass. universe, yeah, especially yeah. in the movies, and swings and misses with the Green Lantern and Superman Returns. So it's like, hey, let's start it on TV. Arrow hits hard. Marky has seen Arrow more, so yeah, if yeah. you want to, you know, kind of bring. Oh, that uh, was the first one. right? It was the first one. I know yeah, the Flash but, was on TV like back in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. But actually, um, and, and you know, that actually brings me into this a little bit because the guys that did Arrow were basically the guys that did Smallville, too. Like, at, you know, like at the root of it, you yeah. know. And so um, Smallville, for me, was the show that really taught me about the expanded DC universe because I wasn't necessarily a comic reader, okay? Like, you know, I love Superman, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But most of my knowledge of Superman comes from the movies that I've seen, you know, the, the all the Donner movies and things like that, and um, and of uh, the TV shows. Smallville like dipped into the DC. They really they opened up great, the DC yeah. Universe um, superhero category. But then that kind of went away. And it was, they, but they reintroduced it, it was, them now. It was ten. It was ten seasons. Right. Let's not look past that for a second. So, Absolutely. you know, try to find a show that lasts That's ten true. seasons. That was, and that it's an amazing accomplishment. Was that right? did that start when that whole network went from it, UPN? It did convert. To, yeah. So uh, it was like. Yep. It was the WB kind of the beginning to, of to the merger. What is it? The CW now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 10 years and about 15 seconds in the finale of him in the Superman outfit, by the way. Spoiler alert. Yeah, Hello. No, sorry. Hey, <laughs> we've, we've given the listeners plenty <laughs> yeah, of warning. 
15 but seconds. That was, um, but see, that in itself represents a cultural shift. Smallville was no tights, no flights. Right. Arrow slowly brings him on, but it's quickly, much quicker than Smallville. Now he is the Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Before he was just the arrow. Before that, he was just a vigilante. Right. Like, but now, but when by the time the Flash comes out, they're wholeheartedly he's the Flash. Mm-hmm. It's almost from the first episode. Yeah, I get zapped. Yeah, well, when Arrow came out, I almost looked at it as your kind of TV's version of a low rent Batman because in the sense he's, they're very similar. Oliver yeah. Queen. Is a billionaire. He's a billionaire yeah. who, you know, becomes skilled with his bow and arrow. Bruce Wayne is a uh, billionaire. becomes So it's kind of similar. They're both gritty. They're both kind of uh, rough and tumble. But the, um, I, I know this from, you know, my uh, research into Smallville. Um, basically, they gave a green light to the producers of, the, of Smallville to bring in pretty much any DC character they wanted. So... For example, in like season eight or season nine, um, they end up like at this retreat in like a romantic cabin area, and then they had to deal with this ghost, and, he, and there was a offhanded reference to her being a banshee. The banshee is a DC, you know, um, character, not a very popular one, but it's still a reference to DC. And so that's just an example of all the many characters that Smallville. You know, producers had access to. They did not, however, have access to Wonder Woman or Batman. Right, the the holy trinity of right. the DC. Because Batman, they had other ideas yeah, for them. Batman, characters. Superman, and they were at Superman. Yeah. Wonder Woman are the untouchable. Yeah, and so what they had to do is they still wanted that character to. You know, they still wanted the the billionaire vigilante kind mm-hmm. of thing, and so. You know, obviously, Arrow filled that void. And it's the same thing now. I'm extrapolating here, but I can I can kind of see that as a possibility. So what character can you bring in that kind of brings the same kind of motifs as Batman? Mm-hmm. And here you go with Arrow. Um, and we we have talked about it, at least briefly about Arrow on this on this program, on the show. Um, my my feelings of it, you know, have evolved as the show has evolved. And for those of you that are just getting into Arrow, hang with it. Okay, yeah, it's, it's not that good at first, but it gets there's enough of it in there to keep you hooked, and it pays off. It's good. And then now that they they use Arrow as a launch pad into huge launch into pad. the Flash. Mm-hmm. That's how they introduce the Flash. They introduce Barry Allen in Arrow, mm-hmm. and now they bring out the Flash. And the Flash, by all accounts. Me included is a fantastic show. Yeah, and it hits the ground running. What? What? And (laughs) it it also touches back to. I loved the '80s Flash show with Wesley Ship. Right? It was. It was cool. I loved it. I wanted more of it. It had Luke Skywalker was in it. (laughs) Right? Yeah, they had the girl from um, just one of the guys. You know. Yeah, for, awesome. for those Boob listening shop. at home, yeah. Mark, is, I'm flashing uh, boobs. Yeah. Pretending <laughs> to open up uh, a bathrobe. Yeah, uh, we'll give everyone. It was a tuxedo because she was she was one of the guys. She was yeah. one of the guys at the, at the prom. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah. born after 1990 will give you a minute to Google <laughs> this reference. Just one of the guys. Tit shot. That's yeah. what you guys got to look for. So, but oh, good God! All of these characters were these characters were in the 80s show, and the producers were so in tune with the culture. Mm-hmm. And with its generation and with its audience, that 
Wesley Shipp plays a vital character in the new Flash. Yeah. He was the original Flash of the 80s. His girlfriend then, I forget her name, she's the, the British actress. Right, she's a, uh, she's a scientist on the show. I forget in the, the new one. name, but Wesley they Shipp even, plays Flash's dad. They even brought Mark Hamill reprised his role as the trickster. As the trickster, which is wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, so, hearkening back, hearkening back, giving homage after homage yeah. to what's come before, and then tying it together. See, the MCU, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they're tying everything together between yeah. Thor and Captain America and all that stuff. And now... Flash is spawned from Arrow, and they share characters. They 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 cross shows. Yeah, all the time. Two times a season. Yep. You have this character, then the Arrow. They they brought forth the Atom and and Black Canary, and then they'll come over to Flash. Flash will yep. go over there, and then Flash has all these other characters on their show, and they're they're just sharing it and creating this shared universe, and that's what's so popular on the movies, and that's why they're being so sec- successful. On and the I think screen. that they're actually ahead of Marvel on that one. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen, even though I believe Jessica Jones and Daredevil are both in Hell's Kitchen. Yes. It's far, now, I'm, I have one episode left on Jessica Jones, which is fantastic. All right, let me way. tell you how it ends. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but I have not heard references of Daredevil in it. They're, now, they're all referencing the movies. Right. But they don't seem to be crossing over yet. But anyway, but that's, that's all the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, where the hell was I going with this? Shared universe. Shared, uh, yeah. yeah. They, they do bring you along, like, in this universe, um, a lot like how Smallville did. It took 10 years for Smallville to do it. And the culture has caught up with – the popular culture has caught up with the subculture now. And I think that's a big deal. And comic right? big movies yeah, are yeah. making hand over fist. Just you don't have movies. to say no flights, no tights anymore. You want to put them in flights oh, and yeah. tights right away. Get their ass out there. Put yeah. a goddamn <laughs> costume on. And, and it better be accurate. Yeah. 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 That's how I think that – that this thing all kind of broke down and the timing of it is perfect. These guys are doing it wonderfully. And the, the best part about this and why we're here today, as soon as an episode of the flash is over mm-hmm. or arrow is over the very first name you see, the very first credit you see Johnny says, heck. No, oh. it says music by Blake Neely. And why is that important right now, Grim? Oh, well, music is always important. Believe me, you guys would not enjoy this show nearly as much if it didn't have music. That's true. You don't think about that, but it's true. And I know that because for some reason, Mark E here loves to have me interview composers. Yep. All the time. <laughs> At least four or five. <laughs> Despite my severe tone deafness and yeah. absolutely disinterest in music. But the latest one I got to talk to, it's actually a really fun interview. The guy's a fan of of all the stuff we do, but it was Blake Neely. Yeah, Blake Neely. name that as soon as they hit you with the twist and the hook, every episode, the first thing that, like Pavlovian. Yeah. Now I know Blake Neely is burned into your brain. Uh-huh. Well, and it's not only Arrow, The Flash, and also uh, Supergirl, which is the same producer, same creators, but it's over on CBS. Yeah, CBS. But also the upcoming Legends of Tomorrow, Tomorrow yep, Legends which is of Tomorrow. the third show on CW, the fourth overall in this uh, shared universe. I'm not sure if the CBS show is going to be tied in. Nevertheless, he's the guy. He's, he's, the guy, he's doing guy. music for all of this. Yeah. But by the way, they already tied in Constantine, which was a failed show from NBC. Right. Yeah. Constantine showed up. Constantine showed up. Yeah. I mean, it was a failed Keanu Reeves movie. 
Yeah, well, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. most of them since, are. Since it came from us. Apologies to Canada yeah. and all those friends. They, they, they have to go through that rite of passage yeah. before the CW. <laughs> That's how you seriously. get good. <laughs> yeah. but, but seriously, I mean, look, this guy, I have heard the interview. I know it. I wasn't there for it, but I did hear it. I wanted to be there. I no. wanted to talk yeah, to I him. Yeah, I know it broke your yep. heart that you weren't yep. there. Um, but... Uh, Guy. You know, just to kind of, just to kind of give you guys a little taste of what you're about to hear here. He does say it really well in that if you, or if you can, oh no, if the music stands out, yes. then you haven't done your job. Exactly. Like it has to, it has to bleed into what the character is and what the emotion is, and has to take it to you. This is not a musical, right? In a musical. When the singing starts, that's the most important part of... It's a number, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People are dancing, right. jazz hands. Whereas if you have good music, yeah. you don't notice it. You don't ever once say, why isn't there music? Right. Why is there music? <laughs> Listen to this music. It's just sort of there. In fact, I bet a lot of people listening at home don't realize we have a soundtrack. We do. We have a yeah. whole orchestra in the background uh-huh. running all the time. <laughs> Guys, all right, I just shut them up, so now you can hear the difference. This is that? just mm-hmm. this is just three assholes talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, it smells I, that way. Uh, do I smell a uh, new show title? <laughs> <laughs> it's the next podcast of ours. It's right after right after CW is done producing Ghost Rider. <laughs> three, three assholes talking. Three assholes talking. <laughs> anyway, before any of that, let's stop pussyfooting around here. Magic interview machine. Won't you please bring us to Blake Neely? Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This is Dan and not Marky. Sorry, everybody, especially to our guest, Blake Neely, the composer, musician extraordinaire, because Marky was really excited about talking to you. But oh, well, he can call me back and we'll talk again. Oh, ooh, you, you might not have. You might wish you hadn't said <laughs> that later, but I will pass that on. Uh, but the, one of the, the, the big reason he wanted to talk to you and, and when he was driving out this morning, uh, had a, had a, had fires to put out, out of town, he stressed upon me that I have to let you know how big a fan he is of, uh, Flash, Arrow, uh, and I think even Supergirl. He's already decided he's all in on that one too. Wow. That's great. Well, if he's a fan of those, then DC's Legends of Tomorrow is going to blow his mind because it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Tell me about that one. <clears throat> well, it's it's a it's a new it's a it's a new show coming in January. That's it's an all star team up. Um, there's Firestorm, Canary, Hawk Girl, uh, Adam, and it's just a it's a big you know TV's Justice League mm-hmm. kind of thing, and all these characters that have come from Arrow and the Flash, and, and new ones and new villains and a new ringleader. So. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, you, you, I noticed that we haven't even touched upon the music of any of this. So it sounds like you are just a, an abject fan anyway. Am I right? Oh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the, of these shows, these characters, um, movies in general. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fanboy first and then a creator for these things second. Um and the one drives the other, so it's great. Oh, okay. Because that's uh, one other thing Marky really wanted me to uh, to press on you was 
how how do you end up with all these properties? And is it your music that speaks to them, or are they speaking to you? And uh, you're saying they go hand in hand. You kind of had no choice. Well, um, how do I get these? Is I hooked up with uh, Greg Berlanti, Uber producer, um, 13 years ago, and four years ago he to me and said, uh, hey, we're going to do a new kind of show now. We're going to do a superhero show. We've got the show called Arrow, and here's the script. And um, neither of us had really done a superhero. Uh, we'd done kind of a superhero show called No Ordinary Family, but it was one based on a comic mm-hmm. and uh, or even an established character. So we we went to it, and, and it was a huge success. And the next year they said, okay, we're going to do a spinoff with The Flash, and then that was success. And then last year they said, not only are we going to add Supergirl uh, from the DC universe, but we're going to do this team up, Legends of Tomorrow. And you know, and through doing all this, I've, they keep introducing these iconic characters like Deathstroke and Reverse Flash and um, Captain Cold and Adam and all the Firestorm. So I've I've become if I wasn't a a fan before I've become even more of a fan. So yeah, the two feed each other. And then because I'm a fan, I will see a great character and want to try to write them a great theme. Yeah. Is that, you know, I, because I'm not a very musical person myself. I have nothing against music. I'm just not personally, but I'm a little tone deaf. I have no rhythm, but, (laughs) but as a result, I have a feeling that, you know, people like you who do their first show and get an Emmy for it, you've got uh, this natural gift and is it maybe a curse? Do you sit in movie theaters, like watching, you know, Dark Knight Rises or something, and uh, and 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 you make your own theme in your head? You can't even like turn it off. No, I don't. It's it's a funny thing. I um, it's it's strange. If it's something that I've worked on, then my brain kind of can't watch it anymore because I'm just thinking about the work that went into it or the music or, Oh, I could have done that better. Or, um, if it's, if it's another piece of cinema, I can, I'm just an audience member. I can go be just as blown away. I know how all the tricks are done and yet I can still be completely escape and, uh, you know, be a kid with a big thing of popcorn still. And that's great. Um, no, I'll still listen to the score and I'll still think, oh, that was really cool or that was a great job. I want to buy that score, but I can completely enjoy the movie as it is. Mm. Oh, well, I'm glad your your job hasn't ruined movies for you. Um, yeah. What about just like walking around in the streets? You know, you're sitting on a park bench having some lunch, people watching. Do do individual themes come into your head when you look at people, interactions? Do you imagine scenes? How? What is the creative musical? That's a, that, I've never gotten that question before. That's a great question. I I have a uh, sort of a radio station always going in my head, um, whether it's something of mine or something I've heard or what have you. But there's there is always music going on in my head, which is a little bit disturbing. But I've gotten used to it. But I <laughs> I don't know that I've ever like looked at two people interacting and and sort of scored them. But I must have, and that's. You now you've cursed me. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Starbucks today and probably score the entire line. <laughs> oh, this is the beginning of the end. I'm very sorry, Blake. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> well, 
Well then, let's let, let's uh, let's try and uh, take some passion out of it. Then I want to I want a little bit of a technical breakdowns here because uh, myself and Mark were talking about it. We were actually uh, I forget how it started, but the other day we ended up on this little YouTube run where we were trying to listen to all of our favorite Mike Post theme songs. Mm-hmm. All those great '80s TV shows and all this stuff. Oh, he's, he's Mike stuff the genius. And, yeah, I mean, and he had such a such a broad range. Um, even though somehow we were able to say, you know, I bet that was a Mike Post theme song, and we'd look it up, and sure enough, we'd play it and be Airwolf or whatever. Um, yeah. But but we were starting to wonder that. Well, what is the difference between a main theme, a score, additional themes? I mean, what what is the underlying difference there, and why doesn't usually just one person do all of it, just knock it out in an afternoon? Um, like I can identify what's the difference between a a score and a main theme. I would say that um, if we're talking about television only, you know, we used to have we used to have main title sequences um, where the where you got all the credits and you got to settle back and you know, hey mom, the show's on and and here we go. But now. They just want to push story, which I don't blame them, and they don't want to stop the story for a 30-second or minute-long main title sequence. Um, That used to be the main theme. Now I think the main theme is the theme that keeps recurring. And, for example, in Arrow, Oliver's theme is is always present in every episode. I I adapt it or use it in in a different way, but it's always present. It's the main theme, the main idea of the of the show that kind of glues it all together. Same with Flash, same with the other shows. And I think, it, you know, to your question, the character theme is literally when that character's on or they're talking about that character, that's sort of the theme that plays so that you identify that almost like you would their costume um, hmm. or their accent or something. Um, but you were saying, you were, you were asking another question, which is, why isn't it all just done at one time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I thought maybe, you know, if you just write seven minutes of music that kind of all sounds together, but there's a tense part, a comedic part, you just spread, you sprinkle that puppy out throughout the episode. But now... Yeah, and, and I know that that's how it's thought that it could be done, but it never seems to work because a scene has to be... You have to write specifically to a scene because the, the rhythm's always different, you know, and if... Uh, you know, one scene. The, uh, for example, there, there's a scene in episode something of, of season three of Arrow that is almost identical. You'd think, in terms of what they're talking about, the two characters, as a scene in a previous season. Um, it's a scene about trust, and so you think, oh, this piece of music that I used for that one might work. It doesn't quite work because it, you know, they talk about it differently, or the, the scene is different, or some, someone else comes and interrupts. So you. You have to write as it comes. Um, the way I usually start a show is that I'll write a long seven to ten minute piece of music. When I'm starting a pilot, I'll write like a suite of themes um, that incorporates, okay, here's their emotional theme, here's their action theme, here's their heroic theme. So that the director gets an idea of what I'm going to do with the score. And then I can take from that and adapt it for the scenes Um but it never really works just to write a little bit and sprinkle it through. I wish, though. My God, I'd sleep more. 
Yeah, that's what, well, I think by the time you had told, uh, like, I, again, uh, basically no ear for music anyway. It's something I really take for granted when I watch TV and movies. But uh, when you said, you know, anytime he's on screen or anytime they're talking about this character, his theme in some form is playing. Mm-hmm. Decades of watching. I never snapped to that. I feel like I've been trained like, like a Pavlovian dog. Well, that's peeled good. back the that's curtain, so of course you, know, you can't just cookie cutter. That's good right. because screening, film scoring 101 is you know, don't make yourself noticeable. Just hide behind the, hide behind the scene. Once music is noticeable, you you failed because people start going, oh, there's music trying to tell me how to feel. So uh, it's our job to to do that to to make you the Pavlov dog. <laughs> To tell us how to feel without us knowing you're telling us how to feel. Yeah, but there's other things you didn't notice. Like you didn't notice that you know when you, every episode of Happy Days you watched that uh, Richie's chair was sitting at the table in exactly the same way as it was on the previous episode. So, no, I saw that. And there, there, I saw that. I'm and there are people. Furniture. Yeah, and they're so great. <laughs> you said not musical, but you're good with yeah, furniture. Yeah, everything else. Everything else. But there are there are people's careers that are based on that specifically like hey, what book would they have on that shelf in that living room, that family? Oh, well, they wouldn't read Dostoevsky. They would have, uh, Charles Dickens. Okay. Make sure that's on the shelf. So it's, I, and I love that. That's, it's kind of why I, I'm still not ruined on film because there's so many nuances that, um, and tricks that, that beguile you into that universe. Boy, it sounds like it. Thanks for being one of the one of uh, someone who's actually very good at it. Apparently, well, yes. I didn't notice any of this mischievous stuff you were doing, guy. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, going back uh, to to talk about uh, being a fan, I I was doing among some of my minimal research. Apologies, but I read uh, your your very own website. And uh, mm-hmm. your your bio, which either you wrote or someone who was smart enough to pretend they were you. And I did. You did? Good, good. It spoke yeah. to me. But especially the line, uh, I think when you, very early on, when you discussed starting to play music around four, but then when you were eight and you saw Star Wars, that's when mm-hmm. you said you really knew what you were going to do. But I, I, it was still up in the air for me whether you meant I'm going to write big you know, uh, uh, entertaining movie music. Or if you said, John Williams spoke to me in this movie, I am just going to work in music, period. And then... No, I... What happened was I didn't... like Sort of like what you were just saying. You didn't really notice music in movies. I'd been watching movies, you know, obviously my whole life, my whole short life, I was only eight. But I hadn't really clocked that any of this music didn't wasn't just classical music that had been thrown in. But when I watched Star Wars, I thought, I've never heard this before. Mom and Dad have a huge classical music flush, and I've never... Someone must have written this for this movie specifically. That means that that's got to be someone's job to write music for movies. And that's what I want to do. I want to write music for movies, because I love how it makes me feel and as an audience member. And so that that was really the impetus of where I wanted to go. Um, then that became a, well, I have no idea how I'm going to get there. So maybe I'll just downplay that to, I just want to write music for a living. Oh, um, attainable but, goals, of course. Attainable goals. Yeah. And then 
I chased and chased, and here I am writing music for these huge DC comic book characters that I grew up loving. So it's it's crazy where life can take you. Well, that's that's good, and I think uh, Marky, if he were here, would be saying because he did say it to me just uh, just earlier today uh, that uh, the Flash, Arrow, Supergirl—they are all kicking, uh, um, you know, ABCs and Foxes, uh, you know, the the Marvel and the Gotham uh, shows. He says they're, they're kicking their asses. And then he and then well, he goes by to, and he says, say "Well, actually, I don't know the ratings. They might not be, but as far as I'm concerned." They're the only ones yeah. doing it right. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm DC, but I do think that they have nailed it with with their TV shows. They, um, you know, they're they're full of spectacle, and the other thing they get right is that they're full of emotion. They're they're basically um, sort of packaging you a family drama cloaked in a superhero costume every week and. You know, you're not you're not realizing that. Oh my God, I I feel something because these superheroes have a similar life to me, and um, that's I think what what is great is all of their shows, while they're massive spectacles, are really about the heart. God damn it, you people so, won't do anything straightforward with me, will you? No, 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 no. I never noticed that either. That's it. I'm off. Yeah. Next time you watch, you know, it's basically a family drama clothed in the superhero costume. I'm starting to think and all the commercials are and just there to sell me stuff, too. I'm, I'm not liking no, the taste of my no, mouth don't here. No, don't believe that. No, 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 no. Let's, let's, not, let's not be crazy. <laughs> but, yeah, superheroes, that's, uh, that's a pretty bankable concept these days. So not only are you good, but you're financially on the right track. Uh, you know, stick it out. Sounds like it's growing. Yeah. All right. Well, go you know somewhere someone, someday, this superhero thing. Yeah, someday our kids will be sick of it. No, De- probably definitely. not. <laughs> All right. You know, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but there is a little game oh, that I like to play every time I have a chance to speak to a composer. And here on the show, we've done uh, a number, actually. And I always get a kick out of this one. So I hope you won't mind. Okay. This is, um, we don't have a name for the game, but the show uh, that that we do is kind of based around Saturday morning cereal, uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, okay. Growing up back in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Uh, and, and what I want to do is uh, pretend that I am a producer. I've got uh, a concept of a new Saturday morning cartoon, and you are the composer, you're giving me an elevator pitch. We've got about six floors to go. Uh, and and all you know is that my show is about uh, dogs who are sheriffs in an Old West mining town on Mars in the future. Dogs who are sheriffs on an Old West mining town on Mars. Mm-hmm. And then what? What am I supposed to do? You, I, I want you to you you to quickly pitch your uh, your 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 fastest idea for a theme song to that, or a main title. I guess they would have gone main titles back then. So, so just 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 give me a, a feel for what kind of music you want you think uh, I should be using in this show. Well, I think you should use 
It should be a barbershop quartet. Mm. Uh, but should be an element show. The problem is they're just going to bark. But we could sample them. Wait, are we in the 60s or 70s? Because we can't sample back then. Or um, is this today? I, I'm going to say we we have access to all the technology that we have today. Just make, We can auto-tune, oh, okay. sample everything. Okay, great. We can do everything. So I'm going to stick with the banjo because I think that um, it's not as obvious for Mars. And I think orchestra is going to be a little, you know, let's do something that hasn't been heard in a space show. But you get the element of the sheriff and Old West in there. And actually, let's not have the dogs. Let's actually have an, a barbershop quartet thing. But I think sort of like on, uh, on Two and a Half Men. Okay. You know the theme song is Two and a Half Men? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my pitch. And I I have the name of another composer to add to that pitch since you're probably not going to like it. <laughs> That's that has got to be the saddest ending to an elevator pitch I've ever heard. <laughs> but I yeah. am not. I think that you are probably the fourth or fifth uh, professional musician we've 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 thrown this at, and no one has said banjo or barbershop quartet. And you oh, immediately good. built so it getting... around these, and I I admire your way to go out, and I I can hear it in my head, kind of working. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. However, yeah. I also have to say. Not only are you the fourth or fifth who who, uh, who had a, a, a wholly original idea, you continue the streak of not one of you mentioning laser blasts. Nobody said laser blasts? Nobody has said laser blasts. I just want a laser blast in there somewhere. Well, that's because that's the sound effects department, and they've got to do something because we do all the work. So okay. make them do something. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to get my lazy Teamster sound effects department out here. That would be great. Well, thanks, Dan. That was fun, and I'll hopefully talk to you guys again. Have a good one. We'll talk to you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. The Flash, sponsored by Mountain Grown Folgers Coffee. Folgers, the best part of waking up. Happy holidays. I've got two surprises. Honey Nut Cheerios is made with nutritious whole grain oats, and I wrecked a car. What? Whole grain oats? Wow. Honey Nut Cheerios, surprisingly nutritious. I'm going to go buy some more. Taxi? We'll have more on the war in about an hour and after your late local news on America Tonight. I'm Dan Rather. There you go, everybody. A little, uh, little blast from the past there. If you're really paying attention and you know your shit, that audio, aside from, of course, the contemporary commercial that you had to listen to, thank you for paying the bills, uh, was all taken directly from the original airing of The Flash. Not the new one on the CW, but the original show based on the original blah, blah, blah. But us older fans remember that. And that was probably a little bit of inspiration for our guest, Blake Neely, who does the music for the new Flash and perhaps was inspired by the music from the old Flash there. Classic stuff. But he was also telling us about uh, their newest show, which is still coming out on the CW, Legends of Tomorrow, 
which uh, I don't know for sure, but I think it is. It, it's not about one hero or villain. It's about a, a whole bunch of heroes or a whole bunch of villains or a whole bunch of nobody's heroes of all the yeah. other heroes that they brought in for focus testing and said, mm, all right, well, we'll give them their own show altogether. You don't have one. Do you think it's going to work? You don't have one major superhero. You have six. Um, yeah. You know, you have enough of them. I mean, you have the Adam, Hawkgirl, Hawkman, Captain Cold, uh, Firestorm. I mean, could it uh, work? This, see, this is starting to sound like Spider-Man 3 to me. Right. Um, well, you put yeah. that many in a show? Sure. Why not? Like, they all they all end up being about, like, they all kind of touch on, like, a great heist film where – you got your specialist, right? There's the explosion guy. Oh, there's so, the so special doing weapons like a, guy. There's the guy in the van. DC, DC right. yeah. 12. But yeah, this yeah, is yeah. 11. This is the rub of the show, though. It's about they, they time travel. They yeah. have a guy named Rev Hunter because Vandal Savage is this immortal bad guy who can't be killed. He's lived forever. But the Legends of Tomorrow are going through time. Yeah. There's one episode they go to the 70s. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to get in a little time machine oh. and, and just – Fuck around around time and 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 solve crimes that way. Yeah, you know yeah, what though? I'm not sure if that makes it sound better or worse. But here, let me. <laughs> How uh, seriously are they? Uh, going to uh, take allow it? me to unlock some of the possibilities here. They're going to stop for, the JFK assassination and exactly. That's like that's like one of the aspects of it. It's like you know, as you're kind of going through the history of these characters, they have taken on many, many, many forms. Many writers. They adjust, they oh, add, goodness, and yeah. you know they, they do all these things. And so the continuities are just all screwed up. Right. And so a way that all these comic writers kind of handle that is by creating multiverses. Okay. Earth 2. Earth, Earth 2 or 3, three or two. whatever in the past and the history Fuck or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and everything changes. And so what this allows is basically it creates like this group of basically Forrest Gumps. Okay, where they're kind of tied into all the major historical events of our lives. You know, you didn't notice them. I fucking love okay. this analogy so no, much. No, I'm, I'm, I no, I think I'm, I'm right do. about this. I'm not, I am not. Yeah, I love it. No, so it is a it is a lyrical. It's a literary device, not lyrical. Literary device that allows you to tell these stories and also explain away all the incontinuity that's built within the universe. For example. Katie Lotz played the Black Canary in season two mm-hmm. of Arrow. All right? Here are some spoilers. Watch out. <laughs> Katie Lotz gets killed. She did. She did. There's another Black Canary in Arrow, and it's her sister. Okay. Now they brought her back to life. Okay? You this can't is, have two this black is in the canaries. last season. You can't have two Black Canaries, and so she goes away to deal with her demons, literally. Okay, that's what brought her back to life. Oh, okay. So she, so she goes away. When, when, when we were talking about the show that's coming up, you brought up the poster that you saw, mm-hmm. and what is she wearing? Dressed in all white. So what does that tell you? Because you actually read the comments. Yeah, the white canary. It, it, She's the white canary. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a white canary. Yeah. She's, yeah, it, it, well, you know, it's to distinguish so them all to too. But... Full of surprises. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, again, it, it's pretty, it's it's a good way to bring her back. But, you know, the character, the, the just, it just kind of shows the DC older characters where we have Captain Cold, Heat Wave. You know, it's not really 
really breaking the fucking bar on character names. It's like, so what is he? He's a captain of cold. <laughs> yeah. We have a black canary. What do we do? I don't know. White canary? <laughs> like, you know. So yeah. She's back and, um, and, you know, makes sense. And it is kind of like an island of misfit toys. Uh, Graham, like you mentioned, it's a lot of these other characters, but they're from both shows, and they're bringing them all together into one. And you have, you know, the Adam, who's played by Brendan Superman, Ralph, Superman, <laughs> yeah. And he's kind of like your Iron Man, because his suit originally was a little bit of a rip on Iron Man, and only recently now he's able to shrink a little teeny tiny, as the Adam does, who is you know a rip off of Ant Man. But let's not get into the whole Marvel versus DC bullshit, but. Um, he's a major player on the show too, so yeah. it's um, it looks cool, man. I'm, well, I'm you, know, you know what else it is too is like um, as you're watching these, you know, these uh, shows, these extra characters are really, really interesting, and that's one of the great things about comic, you know, books is that you know every villain has its own story. It's got mm-hmm. its own sad story, its own you know thing, you know, and maybe it needs a little bit more explaining. Right, mm, yeah. but you can't. Well, I think that's also where the whole Marvel universe thing is really cashing in. Is that they bothered to start explaining these individual characters so much, yeah, and then give them a big movie playground. Yeah, yeah this is always something different. So I'm guessing at this point, CW is saying I, I shouldn't keep saying CW because Supergirl is part of it's the on family. CBS. It's coming yeah. out of the same house, but it's yeah. a different network, mm. same producers, writers, same universe. Is it Blake Neely too? Hopefully, yeah, the same okay. yeah, and and also the first credit you'll see at the end, Blake Neely. Unless ABC doesn't like it, you're going to see Blake Neely uh, or CBS, CBS or whoever. Yeah, uh, but but at the same time, you've also got uh, Marvel doing Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. You've got Fox doing their own DC thing with Gotham. Yeah, and from what I understand, the two of you both agree these two shows, even though yeah, well. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been on for a couple of seasons at least mm-hmm. and tied into some huge movies. You say these are not – they don't have the meat on their bones that these CW shows do. Yeah. well, You're saying these DC shows are doing it right on television. Yes. Um, I gave uh, – given enough time, Arrow pays off. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., through two seasons, in my opinion, mm-hmm. was just – it didn't really have the payoff to me. It just – it was so – it had this real kind of networky kind of feel like a bunch of, you know, bunch of corporate guys kind of put it together, a bunch it, of focus groups. You know what I mean? Like too this, much committee. Yeah. A guarded kind of It's property. very guarded. I'm not yeah. – now, the same universe goes on Netflix, and they give you Daredevil and Jessica Jones – and holy shit, it's amazing TV. Yeah, it's right? bananas. On, just bananas on awesome on Netflix. But you put that on ABC? They're not doing No, no it's horrible. And even the other one with the the Captain America. Um, Becky Carter. That's her name, Becky Carter? Uh, yeah, yeah Agent uh, Carter. Agent Carter. Yeah. I watched one of those shows, and it was horribly boring. I, I, could, like, I, just, I like Haley Atwell. She's fine. She's fine. No, there's no I, nothing personal, ha, you know, Haley Atwell. Yeah, but I like it Agents was just, of it Shield. It was unwatchable to me. I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it's gotten better. Um, they do have some cues. Uh, Sam Jackson guest starred as Nick Fury. That'd be cool. Um, he came in. Um, obviously, the main character, forget his name, um, Phil Coulson, he was in mm-hmm. The Avengers mm-hmm. and uh, several Marvel movies, so it brings it in. 
and they tip of the hat to the Marvel Universe all the time. So there is a connected shared universe, but there's something different about the DC Universe as far as uh, Flash and Arrow goes. It just seems more... It just seems more fun for yeah. whatever reason. I, now I can't put my finger on it. I think that it's not quite so full of itself. I, in I think, Agent, <laughs> in a way, I think Agents of Shield has such an obligation yeah. to tip of the hat to the MCU so much that it kind of loses itself a little bit, and it well, seems to buried behind giant, you know, multi hundreds of millions of dollar blockbusters. It's right. the stepchild where it just has to cow yes. yeah. to Disney's other properties. It, that's a great example. It has to come underneath the umbrella because and you're always watching Agents of Shield, no matter how bad you know the enemy what? is, how come the Avengers don't come and fucking stop us? Whereas Flash and Arrow Different don't have to worry about Superman coming in because, hey, he doesn't exist. Batman doesn't exist. Well, universe, but you know what? Yeah. I think that's key, too, is that the shows that are on, you know, the DC Universe shows have nothing to do with the DC Universe movies. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Exactly. That is, yes, I think we just uncovered it here. So you think there's a level between interlocking all it because it's been very successful for the Marvel movies. I think it automatically relegates. But you think it's become so over the top that too many shows. I know. I, I think it actually, I think we, I, literally, you guys are seeing history made here. Oh. <laughs> I think that, I think now, after the last two two minutes of conversation, that in the Marvel universe, it is automatically relegated to sec to B level story, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It, it cannot be A level because that's we just saw the Avengers. Avengers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're handling. We don't shit. trust you to mess up. <laughs> but the even if they do, that's coming yeah. out in three years. No, but no, but even even if the characters on Marvel's Agents of Shield or Agent Carter, even if they screw up. The Avengers will bail them out. Right. There's yeah. no stakes, all right? <laughs> you have you know, but you know, as far as what the DC universe has been able to like put up, they're the top dogs. That's Arrow it. and Flash is it. You don't call anyone else. <laughs> That's it. They're the it's guys. Like I see Agents of Shield, man, and they're all in gunfights and shit. And Iron Man or even War Machine could fly in, <laughs> just wipe that just all go, out. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> and what do we do for the next 57 minutes of this show? You know, yep. the fucking thing's over. Yep. And whereas, like, Arrow and Flash, that's it. They talk to each other. They're like, yeah, we're kind of, like, king shit. We're going to handle everything, and we got our people behind us. And that's what Legends of Tomorrow is. Legends of Tomorrow gets in trouble. They call Flash and Arrow. You know right. I think you're right. So but And then also, dogs. they all have to work together, and they're going to be a team. That's going to mm-hmm. be a theme. I'm, I'm thinking. You know, well, you like, got yeah. bad guys. They're going to be tough, and they're going to argue. They're going to argue, gonna and mean. it's like the reluctant group and things right. like that. It's, it's going to be awesome, I'm but pretty there sure. Go. There you go. We, yeah. got, we got two guys here who like the existing property. So if you do, they're telling you you're going to like it. Are you going to like it? Who can say for sure? They could be full of shit. And it's all scored by our guest tonight. All scored by our guest tonight. He's recommending it. Legends of Tomorrow on the CW. It's coming out soon. Keep your eye open for it. So once again, a big thank you to Blake Neely, our guest, who is responsible for the music on all of these interconnecting shows that we're talking about, which I think is very good, makes a lot of sense, and is going to be important and payoff going forward because... You know, every superhero in popular culture that we see in movies and TV has a a theme song behind it that we all immediately start associating with with the character from their Spider-Man and Batman and Superman that John Williams, wow. Uh, And then now we're entering this age where where we like to mix together all of our heroes. 
but can you imagine trying to mix some of those classic theme songs together? You know, with the entry, na 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 with the Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Eh, I'm not even going to bother trying to do John Williams. But you can imagine that's just cacophony. But with with this world, they're trying to build it up. And right off the bat, they've got the same the same creative mind designing each hero's theme. And how can he either consciously or even subconsciously keep himself from being able to put them together so that they all play in concert? And it becomes not a cacophony, but like a symphony. And that's that's the that that's the metaphor that we want the entire entertainment experience to be. We don't want jarring heroes together. We want heroes that are can can contrast, but they're going to be fun to watch. And it and it makes us excited for the new the new show, Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Am I going to watch uh, it? You bet your ass. <laughs> <laughs> now, on that note, uh, here's a new, it's a new year. I want to bring in a new feature to the show. Yay. I'd like to end every show this way, if we can, mm-hmm. because it's always on our minds. It's a simple question. I'm going to put it to both of you, and uh, I'm going to start with Johnny Heck. Yes. Johnny Heck, welcome to my new feature, What You Watch This Week. Johnny Heck. What you watch this week? I am watching The Expanse. It's on Sci-Fi, S-Y-F-Y or C-Fi, depending on how much of a dick you want to be. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's, it's, the Expanse is based on a novel. Um, I believe there's a, more than one. Anyway, it's with uh, Thomas Jane. It's a really cool sci-fi show, man. It gives me shades of Battlestar Galactica with a little uh, little kind of science fiction, uh, science fiction noir uh, it's really cool, kind of like a mystery, a little whodunit, twists and turns, and um, good drama. One of the best things that's come out of sci-fi since Battlestar Galactica, and I, uh, I dig it, man. I've heard about this. It's supposed to mark their departure from the uh, Sharknado <laughs> stuff that they've yeah. been doing. Like, they've got a new president who's saying, we're going to stop cashing in and aiming for the cheesy market. Right. We want to go back to the Battlestar Galactica, and I heard they threw millions of dollars at this show. Oh, the the production is wonderful. You know, and they've done they do a Sharknado, they've done a couple other uh shows or one was just canceled. I forget the name. It was great. They but, actually yeah. at uh Comic-Con uh, 2015, they rented out one of the restaurants like right as you crossed the street into the mm-hmm. gas lamp. And so like they called the restaurant like The Expanse or whatever mm-hmm. and you kind of walked in there and uh, you know, themed menu and all that, yeah. but they also you had to know to ask for it. But the hostess would give you like this piece of cardboard, and you would have to pop it out, and you fold it, and it give. You guys have seen it by now, although mm-hmm. I believe I was one of the first groups. But you fold it, and it's one of those viewers, oh, right? And you put your yeah, phone in VR, it, yeah, and you watch the show. On your phone, but you stick your phone in there. Oh, and you, like, like the big VR craze. where you, Is that what it is? Yeah, Virtual reality? Yeah. Is that what that means? So I saw this on The Expanse. And so if okay, I'm, 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 I'm pantomiming it, but you guys can't see me, so I'm going to try to describe this. Uh, you yeah, describe that, it for that would you. be better. He has his hands in front of his eyes. Like, and, like if yeah. I have binoculars. He's going back and forth. Right, and your phone. Yeah. So as you move left or right, you're actually moving around the, the, the shot. So what I saw in this particular little like clip was the Expanse ship, right or something? Yeah, I think it was the ship. And so as you're looking up and down, you're moving Sounds your like head. You got to go to look at it. What the hell was it, Marky? It was a ship. I'm trying to remember. I'm hoping I'm not 
I'm hoping that's the same. Yeah, it was the Expanse. It was, it's a ship, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I, I don't want to spoil it for you. It's still <laughs> I already did. Ship. It's a ship. Well, oh, oh, but things happen. There's ships. Are there ships? No, there's ships. Yeah. There are ships. And so I'm looking around the ship, and as you tilt your head up or down, you're actually it's like it's, it's like you're you're controlling the camera on the show. And you're going around the, mm. the ship and all this stuff. It's so cool. It's, it's so cool. Fun. There's two different stories. Um, again, it's a pretty new show, but so far there's two different stories. It has shades of BSG in the sense that it's kind of like I you are. BSG. You're, you're, it, it is science fiction. It is in the far future, but there's real human stories. And then you have a, another plot where it's Thomas Jane, who you know from The Punisher and several other movies. He's this hard-boiled detective. Actually a um, good actor. Great actor, Very, yeah. yeah. Really like him a lot. You know, And the show's on Tuesdays on the Sci-Fi Network. Give it a shot. Hey, if you're listening to this show, you evidently have time to spare, so give it a look. <laughs> Actually, and that is one that's on my radar. I'm the type I like to let shows build up uh, yes. for a while so I can sit there. And if it's good, I can knock out four episodes. This one's a but winner. I'd like to chop it up with you. But I definitely want to be a viewer of it. Uh, all right. So everybody keep that one on your radar. Yeah. Johnny Heck mm-hmm. seems to enjoy it. I yep. give it the old Johnny Heck. Thumbs up. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a work in progress. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get back to you on that when you find something even better. Uh, Marky, hey, why don't you tell all of us what you've been watching this week? Uh, I've been catching up with Castles. Um, Can't uh, go wrong Nathan with Nathan Fillion. Fillion. Uh, Adam Baldwin was just on one of the ones that I caught up on, and ah. his character in it is fantastic. Um, I go oh, to well, kind of, you. you know, I'm kind of participating more and more in the social world, you know, in the social uh uh, you know, in the Twitter, and I I go and I kind of tweet him, hey, man, I love your character and performance in Castle or whatever, and then I just start reading his Twitter feed, and <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm on the right Adam Baldwin, he's a crazy right-wing wacko, yeah, he's isn't he? He's a little yes, nutball. Yes, <laughs> you're on the right feed. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm yeah. just shocked how pissed off he appears you're, to be. You, get, yeah. you stumble into him. Ted Nugent territory. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, still fantastic performance. Seeing him and Nathan Fillion, they kind of they play on their history together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, they're both in Firefly. Everybody should know that by now. Um, so that's spoiler kind of alert. fun. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. Um, and I've been um, I watch a show called Longmire. Speaking of Battlestar oh, Galactica, it's uh, Katie Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff's in it. Oh, it's it's filmed the, in filmed in New Mexico. Starbucks. Yeah. And who was it? Who saved it? Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. It's on Netflix. Net- Netflix. Yeah, saved yeah. So it. I've been it watching gave that. It in, like the final from season AMC. or whatever. Uh, yeah. Lou Diamond Phillips plays a Native American. He plays an Indian in it. Chavez E. Chavez. Yep. Although he's Filipino, he always plays Mexicans or Indians. Navajo. <laughs> he's <not>. Navajo. <laughs> he's he, he's he's none of that. <laughs> He's not even. He's not at all. He's Filipino, well, but it doesn't know. matter. He's 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 awesome, and I I'm I'm always happy to see him. Hey Chavez. Yep. Sorry, I love Young. He's Guns. doing Young Guns too. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. gonna for the rest of the show. I'm gonna act out the movie in the background. Yeah. Take two two hey, faces yeah, back from the mic, and I want you to just start from the first line. Just all right. Do all your Native American Navajo Um But um, the show that I'm actually surprisingly the most like encouraged of um kind of in the in the immediate obviously walking dead is going to be awesome but what i've been catching up on what i've what i've been watching this week i've been catching up with also rebels um uh, star wars rebels um absolutely love that show it is a cartoon um but it really it does the best job of pretty much anything that the star wars universe has put out that has bridged gaps like this show 
takes place between episode three and episode four. And this is considered canon. It is right? canon. Now. Yeah, it means now. something now. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's interesting, like they brought out Darth Vader, like, mm-hmm. you know, in full force in this this season. Um it was like a two hour or one hour like special premiere with Darth Vader in it and, and he was he took out a whole like battleship by himself in his fighter. That's how badass he is. He right? comes he, out hanging lightsabers. Yeah, for sure. I mean he's <laughs> sick. And James Earl Jones know, voiced like it by the way. James Earl Jones. <laughs> I'm going to use I that later. Like that. You're like, yeah, that's okay. pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. James Earl Jones does the voice. Um, we were at Star Wars Celebration, remember? Yeah, and we um, saw the whole cast. Yeah, and Dave Filoni, who's the producer creator of Rebels, he said that when he was after he had recorded. James Earl Jones parts. James Earl Jones kind of apologized and says, I haven't done this in so long. How is it? And he goes, are you kidding? You're it. You know, like, this is ridiculous. You know, that's how awesome this is. I just start crying. I know, (laughs) I know. And, and, you know, just, and again, we, I guess we end up talking about Star Wars at least once every show. But one of the things that I just wanted to point out is that as you guys are watching this show, especially just, you can even start on season two. That's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the first show is Darth Vader. The first show is Darth Vader. And Dave Filoni kind of touched on this. He said that, you know, when you watch the prequels and you watch the original trilogy, the way that the Jedi fight are very different, you know, like one guy's jumping around, a lot of acrobatics, Yoda's bouncing around all over the place hmm. in the prequels. And, and then by the time you get to the original trilogy, they're pretty much, you know, it's, they're pretty straight up. Right. It's like a gliding yeah, battle. Yeah. But, but, an and so battle. how do you make Darth Vader, how do you make a new version of Darth Vader look awesome compared to all the acrobatics that you see now with yeah, lightsabers. Anakin was jumping around yeah, and now yeah. he's like Vader. And so yeah. the way that Dave Filoni kind of gets around this is he's like, you have to see Darth Vader as just this mat, like this moving like power and anger, this force. That's what Darth Vader is. It's just coming at you. And he's like, like a Franken- really fast glacier. Yeah. It's just, just, you cannot stop this. He's like uh, Frankenstein's yeah. monster in this suit. You know, yeah. he has no agility. He's more machine now than man. Yeah. Twisted yeah. And, and evil. Right. So, yeah, you which, can't jump which around in Actually, suit. if you think about it, maybe Hayden Christensen's acting. Was Perfect. more on the mark than we <laughs> more on the nose. You? Much more machine than man. <laughs> well, it's it's true. Really, it seems like they couldn't stop him from delivering those lines because I wanted him to. <laughs> you can't stop Please this. Stop. <laughs> I hate them. I kill them. Anyway, let's not devolve into. We're not going to get into that right now. Um, but we oh, really know. Like, good for both. By the way, not taking the Billy, do, Billy D. Williams also was a get started, get started in season two. Yep. Yeah, awesome Billy pedigree. And Princess Leia, not a Carrie Fisher voice, but Princess Leia is it's coming up in a new come episode. Yeah. This Teenage Princess this. Leia. Yeah, because it's mean, between three and four. And yeah, yeah. This is this is a big this is a big deal, guys. For all you Star Wars fans out there, if you're not watching this, you need to get on this. It's yeah. good, and yeah, it's it's not it's on Disney XD, but it's not one of their you know little kids shows, man. I mean, yeah, we're. We are as old as we are. I'm not going to hit but <laughs> yeah. put us on blast here. But, you know, it's fun. And it's cool for the kids. They got the little chopper droid, the new version of R2-D2. Yeah. But it, it's a fun show. I, I dig it. And it's good for canon. And it's uh, it, it fills the void. It fills the void. Yeah. I could dig it. Well, yeah. well, I'm sorry to admit I, I don't watch it on yeah. Disney XD. And I don't watch your little vampire diaries <laughs> on the CW. <laughs> it's just part of the culture. Can you that imagine I'm if I watch that? Jesus. 
Oh, wait, what, what's the name of the girl in that? I don't know. Oh, good cover. Good cover. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't know. Yeah. Got him. I want to yeah. say Van Camp. Is that accurate? I think there's a he's Van trying Camp to, on there. He's trying to trick you, Johnny Heck. Don't answer. I, know. I was going to say, Marky, I, I think we sat in on a panel at Comic-Con last year of this show, if I'm not mistaken. No, we did not. You <laughs> waited for hours. <laughs> now, he wanted, he's like, oh, what do you want to do? I don't know. Uh, well, Vampire Diaries panel. I'm like, what do you want to do? He's like, yeah, let's just sit here and watch it. I don't want to do it, but if you want to, I'm like, okay, yeah. imagine, uh, I don't do that. Look, right, well, I don't do vampires. At any rate, I don't watch those. So what you been watching? I'm I'm so what? glad you so finally what asked. what you been watching? And uh, what I've been watching this week was Jessica Jones. I saved that for you. I'm a little bit yeah. late to the party because no. everybody's seen Jessica Jones. How but I do happen you? to know that I am halfway through halfway. the last episode. What? And Marky hasn't started the last episode, no. so I am not afraid to throw some spoilers down. <laughs> Everybody hit mute right now if you don't want to hear about <laughs> Ladies it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to see some salt hit Let me just tell right you. Now. Uh, j- just, to, just to salt Marky. You can't do that. It just came out. No, no, there, no. That's not right. There <laughs> is I call foul. Daredevil reference. Oh, I won't say much more than that, but for God's sake, it's another Netflix show set in Hell's Kitchen in it the Marvel Universe. See. Yes, they're in the same fucking neighborhood. There, it, they does come up. I won't say any more about it. But here's my breakdown, because I want to compare it to Daredevil. Yep. I think that is the by far the closest. Yep. So Daredevil, I... The action in Daredevil is amazing. It's like a kung fu movie. Yeah. That is the 100%. only thing missing in Jessica Jones. It's still a great show, and I love it. The performances are great. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the the actress's name who plays Jessica Jones. She's Kristen Ritter from Kristen Ritter from Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. And the B in she is great. Don't trust she the B in a perfect. She is great in this. Amazing. Even though it takes a lot of the 13 episodes that they have out there to finally get get you on her side. No, I was in, I was on her side right away. I know. Right and, and she's not very likable. She wants not to be liked. Right. And that shtick usually gets kind of old quickly, I find, because they put that in a lot of dark superhero movies. Mm. But with her, by the end of it, I was like, I like not liking her. Mm. I want to keep following her. I'm still in her corner. Even if she turns around and slaps me with what turns out to be superpowers. <laughs> yeah. She's hard. Yeah. yeah. That's a hard slap. I yeah. never read the comic book. Graphic novel. Yeah. Sorry. Well, and you know, and she's even in comics. Um, she and she, like, if she, oh, yeah, right? she's in the Marvel universe. Oh, yeah. 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 But, you know, like, just, and she's like, she's they not even a joke about it too. now. They, they, they even, they even kind of joke about it. Like, there's like, in, I think it's like in the fifth episode, it's like when her and her. Um, best friend, yeah, Patsy Rumi. Welker, yeah, Patsy Welker, and she like, she was like, costume? yeah, she like, she's like, I, you know, I even made you a costume to be a superhero. This is before things went bad with the guy, the weird, the mind control the cop. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Kilgrave, yeah, kill, yeah, with him. And so when she held up the costume in the show, if you, you know, just Google search Jessica Jones images. That was um, one of her costumes. That was one of her costumes. Yeah. It was exactly, like, almost exactly yeah. like and it. She went by the name Jewel, and that was her costume. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, well. But that, that even even in the comic book, or the Marvel universe, universe mm-hmm. that is before her story starts getting told. It definitely is in the show. 
Mm-hmm. She is no longer wants to put on a costume to fight crime. She right. just wants to do good. She becomes a private detective. Mm-hmm. She's got this nice noir thing going. Happens to be in Hell's Kitchen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they call it Alias. And then on well, the comics, as of now, her and uh, Luke Cage have a kid. And they're yep. both Avengers, but she's also pulling mom duty in the in the comic book universe. And Luke Cage plays a very important part in this show and will be the next Netflix yeah, Marvel right. show. Um, but uh, you uh, know, They got a great guy to play him. Oh, oh, he's awesome. awesome. He is magnetic. You want to watch a show yep. that he's, he's in. Dumb. Yeah, and Graham, I got to say, your point about the what you liked about Daredevil as far as the martial arts and the fighting, that I said the exact same thing to myself as I was watching. That was the one thing I was kind of missing, like Daredevil. Maybe we just got spoiled on it. And they're two different shows, but god damn, those fight scenes in Daredevil were... They were well, and I think if you could just I talk, talk about some, those action sequences... Yeah. I think it's Jessica going to Jones, be better, even. It's like those 80s movie or shows. Bar where, fights. Yeah, yeah they, punch they out, throw yeah. them through a, a, a weak wall. Yeah. Or they just do the cutaway. She's mm. swinging at him, and all of a sudden he skids across the ground a little bit. Right. Well, but they th- don't give you enough instances there's of different... her strength and her speed. Well, but that's that's actually. I think you're kind of answering your own question there. Are you? Definitely. And so, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> what happens that is that Daredevil, I'm although sorry. he has many powers, uh, namely he's blind, um, <laughs> right. but. He doesn't have superpowers. I see what you're saying. And so he he, he has that. to kick people's ass very creatively. Yeah. Um, whereas Still, Jessica Jones has superpower. He's, yeah. He's it takes one hit. Yeah. And she's yeah. trying not to use it. Exactly. Whereas Daredevil right. is going out there trying to prove to so everybody. So if you put it in baseball terms, uh, Daredevil's hitting for uh, you know hitting for average, whereas Jessica Jones is hitting for power. Yeah. You know yeah. she's going she's for the, the home run, run punch. Yeah. Where he has to really grind out those singles. Yeah, and so that's kind of what's kind of what it is. But the other the other point is uh, here um, talking about these two shows. Why do they have to be the same? Right? I mean, these things are they're trying to tap into different things. One of them is that like kind of noir kind of thing. True, but you don't want to make one a comedy and one a drama, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, yeah. But they have the same. Like the lighting is the same. Yeah. Clearly, they have different directors, but the the dialogue. The dialogue in both of them, I think, is very graphic novel, very mm-hmm. comic book, mm-hmm. which in if you don't know what you're doing, is going to come off cheesy, oh, corny, yeah. and unlistenable. I but think... they managed to do it just right with lines that are over the top, delivered serious as hell, but you doesn't lose you. So anyway, Jessica Jones, by the way, that road, yeah. Jessica Jones. Five stars. Daredevil, five stars. Absolutely. The Marvel TV universe on Netflix appears to be in good hands. Yes. Can't wait for Punisher. Daredevil season two. Punisher was, I have. Got a lot of good stuff. I still have. It's the only comic book that I own that the, I own the first, when it first came out, I have the first like limited edition, like introduction series of him. Right. It was like a five comic thing. Yeah. I have that. I bought that like then when I was a kid. It's still vacuum sealed, right? It's not vacuum sealed. I read them, but they're they're still well taken care of. Okay. You know, like I still have them, but they were they were well read. He drew peepees uh, and wee wee. I love Punisher. <laughs> I cannot wait for Punisher, and they could not get a better actor to play Punisher. I believe that every single Punisher movie has been a good attempt. 
Um, just who knew that the Dol- one with Dolph Lundgren would be the best? I, I, <laughs> I didn't know it then, but I that was new. I always knew Dolph Lundgren can't be beat. All right, listen, we, we're straight off yeah. topic. We've talked about what we liked. We love the comics. We love the movies. You love us. We love you. We love Blake Neely. We love Blake Neely. Thank you, Thank you again for being on. Everybody watch the CW and uh, CBS. They got good shows. Netflix. Anyway. Plenty that's about love. enough of this. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of kinda sick of us already, so. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.